You are listening to the Morning Breath Podcast. Please enjoy today's show, hosted by a pastor on staff here at East Coast Christian Center. Hello, and uh, good day. I am Pastor Brian. I'm sitting in today for Pastor Dan, and I'm just uh, I'm excited to be with you here on Morning Breath. Thanks for uh, being a part of our show with us, getting into the Word of God. And I have a couple friends in the studio with me today. Across the table, I have Pastor Keith Alderman. How are you doing, my friend? <laughs> That's how good you're doing. <laughs> so good. That sounds like windshield wipers or something. What was that? That was my uh, that was my curly. My that was my three stooges. <laughs> oh, three stooges. Hey, good work. Are there three of us in here? Are we? He just called us stooges. Nick, Nick, we're the stooges. Yeah. I call curly. You're Mo. He's Larry. <laughs> Larry. Well, hey Nick, how are you doing over there, my friend? I'm doing well. I don't know exactly who those characters are. Or at least oh, who oh isn't that nice? <laughs> Nick is young. Uh, Nick, Nick's like eight years old. Over I've there heard on of the, the board, three Stooges. And, uh, there was something about Stooges somewhere That's he so read nice. about one time. Nick, I Listen, don't know that that is. No, I know who they are. Oh, I don't okay. know who my character is. Oh, right. I don't, so I don't know if I'm being insulted or you know what, Nick? You can just assaulted. assume that every day you're being insulted. Okay. So <laughs> I already just, do. Sometimes you just gotta kind of nod and play along. Yeah. Just gotta, hey, okay. Smile and wave. Smile and wave, boys. Anyway, uh, good morning and uh, welcome to the show. Thanks for uh, being a part of it with us. We're excited that you know that we could break open the Word of God and hear from heaven, and that's a pretty awesome thing that we get to have a relationship with a God of the universe that will speak to us through His Word. And so we are going to read a chapter of the Word together. We'll talk about what God breathed on as we studied it, and hopefully as you read the Word and you study it and you look at it, God speaks to you and you it'll confirm something hopefully today, or maybe you'll see something you never saw before, and by the grace of God, we'll be able to break that open and it'll be just a good time. So Keith, can you tell them how to stay on board with maybe what, what chapter we're in and kind of what this is all about? Absolutely. So listen, you can do that a number of ways. Get our East Coast app. Like if you want to stay connected to everything East Coast, get the app. Just go on the App Store, type in East Coast Christian Center, download that thing. So you can go on there, you can see what shows we're going to do next, what we have done in the past, listen to previous shows, as well as you could just go to our website, eccc.us, or you could call our office, 321-452-1060, talk to our amazing receptionist, the incredible administrator, uh, Ernestine James, and she can hook you up with where we're going next in the next month and all of that as well. Definitely want you connected, reading along. The, the, the best ideal way to do this is you actually read it, and then you read with us, and you know you probably got something, and we probably got something different, and we can all just kind of grow together, which is really neat. Yeah, it's pretty exciting, and we do have this available through all of our other social media um, spaces as well, whether that's Facebook or Instagram or YouTube. Uh, we do uh, a video podcast once a week. Pastor Matt and Jessica do that, and that's pretty exciting. So get get on board, connect, do all of that. we got some things going on here at East Coast, and uh, by the grace of God, uh, Keith and I, we get to pastor here together. We've been doing this together for a long time. I don't know. We looked back, and we were looking at pictures from, was it 2003 or 2013, or what time? When was that? I don't know, but we do go way back. Dude, you were back in like middle school and stuff. Yeah, now it's back there, man. There's a few years back. At least over half my life. Half your life. At least maybe 18 or so years we've uh, we've been doing life uh, side by side. But we, I don't know, we found a lot of things together um, through the Word of God, but also through being a part of a local church here at East Coast. And so we would just invite you to come, be a part of a church, be a part of a life-giving church that lasts. This is a, a ministry that, you know, is out of East Coast Christian Center in Merritt Island. We have campuses across our community, whether that's Vieira, Coco, here in Merritt Island. But would you come? Uh, maybe you've been kind of waiting for the opportunity to come back, or maybe just check it out. We would love to have you come and uh, say hello, stop by and go, hey, I was listening to the radio show where I, I came, you know, we asked questions, you know, what, how'd you get 
here and maybe somebody invited you, maybe this radio show would do that. And if not East Coast, man, get into a, get into a, a church of God's choice. Be in a church, be in fellowship, get connected. Don't be isolated. Don't stand out there alone. A couple other things this summer we're pretty excited about. Being that it's June, we got kids camp, we got youth camp. You kids camp about is next week, man. Next week, kids it's camp's happening. Deal. You want to tell about youth camp real quick? Yeah, youth camp is amazing. So basically we're going to take uh, any st- students between the grades of 7th grade up to 12th grade, you know, graduating seniors up to High Springs, Florida area. It's going to be about 200 students and about 50 leaders. Um, so, you know, some of our families going up there. And Overnight just, camp. Yeah, Monday through Friday. Ministering the gospel. That's July 12th through the 16th. There's worship. There's a lot of teaching. There's a lot of fun. Uh, there's a lot of relationships being built. Students learning about lo- the love of God and how they can change the world with it. Really, really great stuff. I mean, this camp changes lives. It changed my life. It changes my life every single stinking year. I think this is my 14th camp. And wow. it's a, an incredible, incredible experience as well as just propellant forward inside of a student's life to becoming really what God's designed them to be. And that's July. 12th through the 16th, and the price of that is $395, but that price is about to go up. On June 14th, it's going to go up to $495, so we really encourage you to sign up and do that. If you've got a child that's in that range of uh, maybe they just are getting out of sixth grade or they even just graduated, anywhere in between there, they can come to camp, and it's a great experience for them to be able to see people who love Jesus, learn from them about the love of God, worship, build relationships, and see their life change forever. How do they do that? They go to our website? or Yeah, the best way to do it is go to our website, eccc.us. You could call the office, too, that number I gave before, 452-1060. There's a number of ways you could do that, but on the app as well, uh, you know, all of those ways you could sign up, you could pay, and you can get your student there. It would be awesome. Yeah, and there's fundraisers if that number feels real big. There are fundraisers. And if yeah, you get... June 26th, we got a bike-a-thon. Yeah, yeah. That'll be awesome. People will be riding bikes all over the place and yeah. uh, have a little soreness the next Somewhere day. Somewhere up in uh, North Merritt Island. North Merritt Island. All right. <laughs> anyway, let's get into the Word of God. First Samuel chapter 4 today. And, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're going through some First Samuel, which has uh, got all sorts of excitement in this chapter. We'll read through it. I'm in the uh, <laughs> New Living Translation. So exciting. <laughs> there, well, there's some stuff here. It's oh, pretty, it's pretty, exciting pretty, it's for sure. First Samuel 4, and uh, there's 22 verses, I believe. I will read the first. I'm in the New Living Translation. I will read the first. I'm in the New Living Translation Perfect, as well. Perfect. Uh, let's go. You get me started. I I'll will read the do first that. 11. Sir, I say to you, I'll read, sir. All right. At that time, Israel was at war with the Philistines. The Israelite army was camped near Ebenezer, and the Philistines were at Aphek, or Apec, Apec. Um, the Philistines attacked and defeated the army of Israel, killing 4,000 men. After the battle was over, the troops retreated to their camp, and the elders of Israel asked, Why did the Lord allow us to be defeated by the Philistines? Then they said, Let's bring the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord from Shiloh. If we carry it into battle with us, it will save us from our enemies. So they so they sent men to Shiloh to bring the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord to the the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord of Heaven's armies, who is enthroned between the cherubim. Hophni and Phineas, the sons of Eli, were also there with the Ark of the Covenant of God. When all the Israelites saw the Ark of the Covenant of God coming into the camp, their shout of joy was so loud it made the ground shake. What's going on? The Philistines asked. What about the shouting? What's all the shouting about in the Hebrew camp? When they were told it was because the Ark of the Covenant had arrived, they panicked. The gods have come into their camp, they cried. This is a disaster. They, they have never had to face anything like this before. Help! Who can save us from these mighty gods of Israel? They are the same gods who destroyed the Egyptians with plagues when Israel was in the wilderness. Fight as never before, Philistines. If you don't, we will come, or we will become the Hebrews' slaves, just as they had been ours. Stand up, stand up like men and fight. 
So the Philistines fought desperately, and Israel was defeated again. The slaughter was great. 30,000 Israelite soldiers died that day. The survivors turned and fled to their tents. The ark of God was captured, and Hophni and Phinehas, the two sons of Eli, were killed. Verse 12, a man from the tribe of Benjamin ran from the battlefield and arrived at Shiloh later that same day. He had torn his clothes and put dust on his head to show his grief. Eli was waiting beside the road to hear the news of the battle, for his heart trembled for the safety of the ark of God. When the messenger arrived and told what had happened, an outcry resounded throughout the town. What's all this noise about? Eli asked. The messenger rushed over to Eli, who was 98 years old and blind. He said to Eli, I've just come from the battlefield. I was there this very day. What happened, my son? Eli demanded. Israel's been defeated by the Philistines, the messenger replied. The people have been slaughtered, and your two sons, Hophni and Phinehas, were also killed, and the Ark of God has been captured. When the messenger mentioned what had happened to the Ark of God, Eli fell backward from his seat beside the gate. He broke his neck and died, for he was old and overweight. He had been, ju- he had been Israel's judge for 40 years. Eli's daughter-in-law, the wife of Phinehas, was pregnant and near her time of delivery. When she heard that the Ark of God had been captured and that her father-in-law and husband were dead, she went into labor and gave birth. She died in childbirth, but before she passed away, the midwives tried to encourage her. Don't be afraid, they said. You, you have a baby boy. But she did not answer or pay attention to them. She named the child Ichabod, which means, where is the glory? For she said, Israel's glory is gone. She named him this because the ark of God had been captured and because her father-in-law and husband were dead. Then she said, the glory has departed from Israel, for the ark of God has been captured. Oh, Amen. Well, there you have it, First Samuel 4. And uh, I don't know, when, as I read the chapter, you know, we this is not a teaching show. We're not going to teach through line by line, verse by verse. This is really what stuck out to you. This is a devotion. You know, what did God speak to you as, as you know, you read the chapter? And so as I was reading the chapter, I you know, I get to verse 3, and it says, you know, after the battle was over, they, they asked us, why did the Lord allow this to happen, you know, for us to be defeated? And, and I thought, I mean, how many times have I began to question God and go, God, why? God, why? Like, why, God? Why? And I don't always get the right answer. I don't always get an answer. I don't always feel like I can sort it all out, you know? And I'm sure there was some frustration. There was probably some, uh, I don't know, there's all sorts of things that happen when you get, you know, you lose in battle and, you know, people are dying and stuff and there's hard times going on. And maybe even over the last year and a half, you've sat back and gone, hey, why, God? What is this all about? What are you doing here? And could God speak to you about that? Absolutely. Would you, would, could you get hungry and desperate for, you know, God, give me an answer I want to hear, I want to know, I want to see. And I believe that, that God wants to show us things. He wants to show us some of the why. But also, I, I actually have, you know, maybe learned a lot more in my walk with Christ to go, you know what? The why is not nearly as important as what now. Like, what should I be doing now in the midst of this instead of getting snagged up in the why? And I don't know if maybe that would minister to you at all out there, but for me, I— I don't know that asking the why all the time is is the right place for me to be because I can get stuck there. Not that you're forever stuck, but also the answer to going, hey, you know what? I want to move forward, and how am I going to do this? Because this is hard, right? It had to have been a hard day when 4,000 of your friends or 4,000 men get killed. That's not an easy day. That's not a good day to celebrate, but that's actually a tough day. And so what do they do? Their answer was to go get the go get the presence of God, right? And so go get a hold of that, and uh, let's see what happens with that. And so 
we know the rest of the story because we read this chapter, but I think that their response to go, let's go get a hold of God in this, is actually a good thing in that time. And so that stuck out to me that, you know, to, to wrestle through to go, hey, you know what, I want to I want to get a hold of God. I don't want to just start to try to pick at answers because of circumstance or the natural things. And um, to actually go and say, you know what, I want to get into the presence of God. I want to go grab hold of God's, you know, his heart for this and what is going on here and how can I go forward more than to figure out looking back on the past and looking in the rearview mirror all the time. And sometimes we just get real snagged up there and I don't want to live there. I really like, you know, going back to the the thought of, you know, the why, the why, the why, why God, why God, why God, that you're kind of getting at. I, I think that comes back to like trust. Um, like if I trust God, you know, we've done a lot of life together, you know, 17, 18 years, whatever that is. <clears throat> and in that process, there's definitely been times whenever I don't understand everything, you know, like I don't understand, you know, and I'm just talking about our relationship, you know, versus like mine and God's or mine and anybody else's around me, you know, but like there's times whenever it's, well, why, why that? Or why did that happen? And, and not knowing everything, you know, you can come to a crossroads often with people and relationships and definitely in your life and your purpose with God of why, why did it turn out like this? Well, you could sit there in the why and just be bitter and frustrated and angry of like, I don't understand. Or you could choose to trust. You could say, you know what? I I know the foundation of trust that I have. And so I'm just going to push through that until I understand why. And you have to do that with your spouse. You have to do that with your closest friends and and brothers and sisters in life. You have to do that with your parents. You have to do that with your kids. Like there's a lot of relationships that you have to do that with. So why wouldn't we do that with God as well? Of I have the foundation of trust of, I know who God is. I know that he loves me. You know, it says here, um, you got, she's naming her kid Ichabod, you know, of like the glory of God has left. Like, no, it hasn't. Like the glory of God didn't leave because it was never in a thing. It was in people. Like the glory of God is all around you. And he was already bringing up Samuel. He was already putting Samuel in place of this is where my glory is going to be now. It's going to be in the voice of Samuel and it's going to help my people in the next generation. Like he's doing, it's funny, like 40 years Eli leads, right? Like I wonder if any of these prophets ever thought, I'm on year 39. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh no. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's about to be done. Yeah. <laughs> because all over the Old Testament, it's always 40 years and then it moves, you know? But um, but God is always doing a new thing. Like he is going to do something new. He's still going to have the same mission, the same heart of who he is. He doesn't change. He's the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. But how he does it is going to be different. And if we get stuck in the why God and all of that stuff, we're going to lose sight of that he's doing stuff right now, right in front of us. He was doing something in Samuel right now, right in front of all of them. They just wanted it to be the same old way that he always did it. Man, does that preach right now. We want it all the exact same old way. You know what? A hundred years ago, people wanted it the same old way and uh, in church. And God said, no, I'm going to change. It's going to be different. Like culture and people change. A thousand years ago, 2,000 years ago, 50 years ago, Billy Graham, you know, uh, 20 years ago of the, the shift into with the the digital age and internet and all of it now and now in the midst of covid and in the midst of how do we do church and how do we do life and how do we love people and reach out and connect with people you know what you're going to have to change and you might sit there and say why but if you get stuck in the i don't understand therefore i won't move you know like like my friend is saying like pastor yeah. Brian's saying of you know like i need to get moving 
Yeah, and you, not just sit here. You know what I've found personally <clears throat> in trying to get the answer to the why is I want to blame somebody. Like I, I actually yeah. don't want to own the moment. Yeah. I want to actually throw it back on somebody else and be like, "Why, guy? Why'd you do that to us?" You yeah. know, like like as if it was God's fault or why, Keith? Why'd you do that to me? Like or know. why, Dad? <laughs> why did Mom? Why, why, why? I remember. Um, I've not shared this um, super publicly, but I remember I grew up in a home where alcohol, my father was an alcoholic. And um, I remember growing, you know, into my early 20s before I knew the Lord of wrestling with alcohol issues myself. And um, I thought, you know what? Well, my dad was this way. Right, like I was just, I just always threw it back on. This is a, this yeah. is a genetic thing. This yeah. is like what well, my dad fault. did. Yeah. And it's. I had to get to a point and go, this is not my dad's fault, mm-hmm. right? Like, this is not dad's fault. This is me choosing to do my thing and me having brokenness in me. And honestly, when I could actually get to a place where I went, you know what? I need something better. The God's got better for me than maybe what's always been in my family line. And you know what? I believe God wants to do that. He wants to radically change your future. But you know what? We actually have to own the moment and embrace God's presence in the moment and not just go, hey, this is this is no shot at anybody who wears you know a necklace or something, but you can't just put on a cross and think it's all going to be better around yeah. your neck, right? Like, and that appears to be what they did is like, let's go get the presence yep. of God and we'll yep. drag him in yep. there with us. Yep. It'll all be better now, yep. you know. And the reality is, is we have to own something. We have to own sin in our own life. We have to own the the brokenness and the things in our own life and go. You know what? I'm not maybe doing it all right, and I could grow, and I could actually walk out of this mess instead of going, let's drag God into our mess and see if that'll just fix it instead <laughs> of going, I'm going to submit my heart and my life to the presence of God. Yep. And in doing that, that's on, where man. real change, get under the Word of God. Like, let the Word of God actually hold you up. Let it you know, change your life. Let it encourage you. Let it build you up. But guess what? You've got a part to play. You can't blame it on somebody else, and you can't just go, well, we'll just add this on, like yep. like another diet thing that you just, oh, I'll keep eating what I want, but I'll add some diet on top of that. That's not going to work. Like We need transformation, and that comes by actually embracing the Spirit of God and going, God, work in me. What do you want to do in this season in me so that we can walk out of this season knowing that we've accomplished something together? And by the grace of God, it's possible. We could actually walk with the Spirit of God, be led by it, and actually walk through things that are hard instead of going... Why this? And it's their fault, and we just get stuck. It says, uh, let's bring the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord from Shiloh. If we carry it into the battle with us, it will save us from our enemies. Yeah. Not he will save us. It's going to save it. us. Yep. This thing's going to save us like in our time of need, right? Yeah. Th- there was no relationship with God. It was control. Like yeah. At the end of the day, they were controlling everything. They weren't submitting to God and saying, God... Help us. We need you every single day. It was, uh uh-oh, bad thing happened. Hey, you know what? It'll save us. Yeah. It. There was no relationship. There was no connection. There was no, I trust you, God. There was no, man, it's it's looking rough right now, but I know that you're faithful. It it will save us. Can I can I air myself out a little farther? <laughs> you know, uh, back in the day, there were these uh, there was bracelets, a WWJD bracelet. And you might remember it if you've been around walking. What with Jesus would baby for, Jesus do? What would Jesus do? <laughs> what would he do? Or there was another one that was like frog, fully rely on God. That was like kind of the next iteration of it. And um, not that these things are bad. They're great reminders. If you need a reminder, if you need to hang a cross around your neck as a reminder, it's a good thing, right? It's a it's a great um position or a picture of going, hey, I I have this in me. I'm not anti all these things. But for me in my life, what I did is I would put on that bracelet and think that, okay, this is going to be a reminder for me. But then you know what? It actually brought conviction into my life, which was a good thing. Like I needed to realize that like, hey, you know what? I'm not living for Jesus. Like I would I would wear the bracelet, but then I'd go out and get just get hammered in college. <laughs> 
with my bracelet on, like, look at me, like I'm a Christ follower and yeah. look at me. I was struggling with something, you know? And then there were other times where I would take that bracelet off because I didn't want people to know. Like I didn't want to rep- misrepresent God that way, right? Like, um, and so that, that that sense of conviction actually is not a bad yeah, thing, right? Like, I kind of like that's, that. <laughs> that's, that's a good sense of conviction, right? But many times I wore it as a token of yeah. something instead of actually getting transformed from the inside out. And I'm not mm-hmm. saying that you got to be perfect to be a follower of Christ. I'm not saying that at all. I'm not saying, hey, don't wear these things, don't do these things. But if that is the form of godliness, quote unquote, and that's all that it's going to, as far as it's going to go, God's got more for you. And he wants to walk you into more and more and more of the presence of God and not drag him along into your mess with you. Let's actually submit to what he wants to do and see what God can do. Yeah, I, I mean, to put it into terms of like family, so that's like baby Christian stuff, which don't get me wrong, that's not bad. No, everybody has to, Everybody has to start as a baby Christian. You get born again, you're a little one. You are. And you know what? We need the young ones in Christ. Absolutely. Because honestly, usually they're so on fire and lit up with, I'm excited to see what God's going to do and like, wow, yeah. all this yeah. too? Yeah. Like it inspires me. I've been a Christian my whole life and, uh, and I've seen miracles for a long time and when somebody new comes along they get saved they get lit up they're on fire yeah. for Jesus like could he do this too yeah there's mess involved like they yeah. they got a messy life they don't have it all together but they get excited it it inspires me i'm like yeah. yes let's get excited again yeah. but it is the juvenile things to think wow, this bracelet or this necklace, or I'm going to read a chapter a day and it's a checkbox, right? Like, no, it's not about reading one chapter a day. It's about getting this in you. It's about hungering for it and living off of it, that it be every moment of your day that I'm not, I don't checkbox, okay, I prayed, yeah. I, I think, no, God's next to me. He's with me. I'm driving to work. He's in the car with me, and we're talking together, and we're talking about the day. We're praying in the hall. We're every moment of every single thing. I'm going back to him of like, well, what do you think, God? Well, what yeah. do you think, God? I want to do what you want to do. And that's like the maturity from feed me, feed me of a baby to, you know what? I'm going to learn how to feed myself. I'm going to learn how to grow. And then actually, I see people who... You know, because that's that's what we get a lot, especially as pastors. We get the like, like, wow, the message just doesn't feed me anymore. Like, who cares? It's not for you then anymore. Well, like, learn how to feed yourself. Start feeding somebody else yourself. You know, yeah. and that's the difference between a baby and an adult who knows how to feed themselves. But then I would even say we're called to be more than that. We're called to be parents of the word. Yeah. We're called yeah. to actually feed others. You know, Paul was said, you have many teachers, but you have few few fathers, yeah. and meaning that we're called to be even beyond the whole, I'm going to feed myself. I go to work every day, not every day, but I go to work to work hard to make money so that I can put food in the cabinet, and 90% of that food I don't even eat. Wow. So I need to get into the Word to put stuff in the cabinet and then not even for me but for others that others would be filled up like we need to start thinking that way of like god i want to be so full of your word and who you are that i'm actually able to fill others up that are around me like that's the better perspective but you know it's step by step it's not a bad thing to be young in the lord it's not a bad thing to be right in the middle like we're all right in the middle like let's get honest but uh you know let's keep on taking steps deeper and deeper into the lord we got to take a break now like we're already here to our commercials so uh we'll we'll do that now we'll be right back you are listening to the morning breath podcast from east coast christian center we will be back shortly after we thank our sponsors
At East Coast Christian Center, we are building a life-giving church that lasts. We are one church in many locations with campuses in Merritt Island, Vieira, Coco, and an online campus that you can attend from anywhere. Here at East Coast, we value each generation and work hard to ensure that no matter what age or stage of life you're in, there's a place for you in our family. You weren't meant to do life alone, so come and find your church home with us. You can plan your visit or get more information online at eccc.us. Need a fence professionally done the first time? Hercules and Atlas Fence, owned and operated by Mike Green, has been certified since 1960. No job is too big or too small. Hercules and Atlas Fence, 321-258-9853. Find them online at ineedafence.com. The New Thing Youth Church is a generation of students destined to change the world through God's power and love. If you're between 7th and 12th grade, join us every week for fun, relationships, and the Word of God. The New Thing Youth Church meets at the Parkway Worship Center every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. and Sunday night at Vieira High School at 6 p.m. Check out our TNT Youth Church app for more details. For over 30 years, Cabron Air Conditioning has proudly served the Space Coast area. Honest, professional, and reliable. Whether it's repairs, maintenance, or it's time to upgrade your old system, Cabron Air will take care of it. Their phone number is 321-784-0127. That's 321-784-0127. Or find them online at cabron.com. Customer satisfaction is their top priority. The world desperately needs strong, faithful, and equipped believers ready for battle right now. ECCU provides high-quality instruction at a fraction of the cost of other Christian universities. At ECCU, you will learn who you are, whose you are, and know how to practically exercise the tools God gave you. We offer associates, bachelors, masters, and doctoral programs in theology and Christian ministry. Our number is 321-452-1060. That's 321-452-1060. Extension 102. Find more information at eccuequipped.com. At East Coast Christian Academy, our mission is to create a space where children will thrive, and we believe they grow best in a safe, clean, Christ-centered environment. We're passionate about showing the love of Jesus to children in our community and helping them become everything God has called them to be. At East Coast Christian Academy, we are all about family. We work hard to foster a culture and environment of positive attitudes and teamwork. And we provide flexible schedule options for team members who have their own busy family lives. Do you have experience in early childhood educational environments in the heart for the next generation? If so, we have room on the team for you. Find out more about joining our academy team online at eccc.us slash academy or call us at 321-453-453. Kids. That's 321-453-5437. Welcome back to the Morning Breath Podcast. Lean in as the pastors finish the show with their final thoughts. 
All right. I, uh, I just had, I, I feel like we should share this uh, this last part here. Uh, verse 5 says, when all the Israelites saw the ark, they got excited. It says their shout of joy was so loud that it made the ground shake. And the Philistines were like, whoa, what's going on? Oh, no. And they started to panic a bit. And I, I think the, the panic in the in the Philistines was like they knew full well what God was capable of. We see actually here of, you know, they're remembering this is going to be a disaster. We're about to die. Like this powerful God is about to just blow us away, right? And I, I just think about how many times have we just kind of taken the token of, well, we got our Bible or we got our Jesus with us, and really the power and the presence of God is what helps us win and is victorious. And we have to rely on the power and the presence of God because in that is where victory comes. Victory doesn't come from all the, you know, all the things on the outside. And that's what we were really talking about today is that, you know, we you can wear the thing, do the thing, but we need the power and the presence of God to actually go before us and to do the things. And we need to trust Jesus, Great, not just man. look at a look at something on the the sidelines and go, that's going to do it. No, we have a part to play in this with the power and the presence of God, and we do it together. That's what this whole relationship with Jesus is about, is a relationship with Jesus to do life together, to show victory like he came out of a grave in victory. We get to go show victory to what the enemy wants to try to stop us from, and instead of asking the why questions and getting stuck on, oh no, we actually need to go and walk this thing out, and hey, you know what? We can overcome, he overcame. We can see victory because he's victorious. Let's walk this out. Let's actually rely today on the power and the presence of God and not on some image or some icon or something out there. This is actually a real relationship, Jesus, that we can do life together, and you know what? It don't matter how how strong the enemy fights, we can win in Jesus' name. And so let's go Amen. win today. Let's Amen. go be victorious. Let's do it. And uh, good ta- good talking with you guys. We'll see you soon. Bye. We hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Morning Breath podcast. If you did, we would love for you to give it a thumbs up and share it with a friend. To follow along with our daily chapter list and for quick access to East Coast podcasts, events, and more, download the East Coast app. It's the best way to stay connected with everything East Coast. We would also love for you to join our online community. Just search for East Coast Christian Center on Facebook and Instagram. Thanks again for listening to the Morning Breath Podcast.